Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than Stand Up. I'm Brent Lamott. Joining me today in our second of a series on agile, waterfall, and infrastructure are Jim Manzula and Dale Sackrider of SAP Global Cloud Services. Gentlemen, thanks for joining again. Thanks for having us. Thanks of course. Us. So this time we're going to talk about words that matter, words that matter between agile and waterfall. And it was great because we teased the heck out of it in the last episode. You probably remember the last 10 seconds of the episode where I'm like, ah, it's a teaser. This is what we're going to talk about. So Dale, walk me through how words matter between agile and waterfall. Well, at the end of the last episode, we, we talked about the, the how we get into those religious discussions, right? The Coke versus Pepsi, right? Waterfall versus Agile. And what I've learned in I, I, words, I love words. We've got new words for things. And when you have the right words to describe things, it helps. And one of the words that I love is the word triggered. And it, we, we, people have been triggered all through my entire life, but we didn't call it that. Now we have a word for it. And so now yeah. you can describe it and you know exactly what I mean when I say they were triggered. Well, when I would show a slide that's talking about a process or, or a, a, an architectural governing thing that I'm putting forward, it, I would trigger people. They would say, that's waterfall, and they would get triggered. And so I've realized that when you are dealing with um, those that, that adhere to a particular mindset and can be triggered by that, if you can find the right words, you can avoid those landmines. Right, right. right. Um, and really help people to accept the, uh, the, the most appropriate tool in the toolbox right, without triggering all of their antibodies for, for what you're trying to put forward as the best solution. Well, and it's interesting because through, throughout all of our episodes, because I think this is going to be something like episode 47 so far, we have found that there's a theme. And the, the theme is people who, what I like to call stand on the book, people who stand on the book of Agile do it wrong. Because it is the, you follow the rules because you you have the recipe. The recipe is you will do two-week sprints. The recipe is you will have a team of five to seven to nine. You have events that you do and you ask the following questions and events shall no, shall take no longer than X. People who follow the rules verbatim inevitably are not as successful as those who tend to be flexible in approach. Jim, you, you're sitting there with the... Oh, absolutely. So jump on this topic. I, I, I agree. I, I, I have a lot to say on this topic because I think, you know, we, we box ourselves in lots yeah. of times between these two frameworks and we approach them as methods. And um, I think when you approach them as methods, that's where the disconnect happens because, uh, you know, the framework is, you know, you, 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 have, um, you have grandma's recipe for her, her famous uh, spaghetti and you know you need to get X, Y, and Z ingredients, right? right. Um, but the method is that special, that special way grandma used to make that, that spaghetti sauce, right? There's just nobody else that can mimic that, right? So uh, when you step back and you look at waterfall and agile and say, look, these are frameworks, right? These are meant not to become constraints to the overall uh, delivery of our product, right? If, if the process is getting in, in the way of us producing a, su a successful product for our customer, we have to step back and say, why? Why right. is the process getting in the way? And nine out of 10 times, it's, I think, because 
the language is important, that language is important and lexicons aren't aligned, right? And we, we approach it with this method versus framework uh, type of mindset where at the end of the day, it's all just a framework. You make a method out of the several frameworks that are delivered to you, whether that's a framework that you're borrowing from Waterfall or something you're borrowing from Scrum or from Extreme Programming or from Kanban, yep. uh, whatever that mishmash is that you make that method out of, at the end of the day, if you're producing a successful product, great for you, go for it. Because that's exactly how I think these things are supposed to be used. They're tools in your tool belt. And coming from a construction background, I never went on a job with just one screwdriver in my tool belt. I had lots of tools in my tool about right? right so that's that's the that's the uh, smorgasbord of frameworks that we have available to us so go for it use as many different things as you need to use to be successful well and this was the thing that we we talked about when we were doing prep for this where you know jim you come from construction dale you deal with construction <laughs> my first job in high school was working construction i went oh my god they so align because you know, for me, it was the, you get up at five so that you're at the office at six so that you can figure out what you're going to do before you go to the job site and you do the work. And it's like, wait, that's a standup. Holy smokes. Mm -hmm. Mind blown. Yeah, right. I, and yeah, so, a, yeah, go ahead. It's a great example of, of you were, it's always been and is what I said, I think in the last episode, Yeah. you were, you were following methods and, and procedures from a framework you were unaware of. And I think that's because these frameworks aren't, um, they, they aren't invented, they're discovered. We're, right. we're discovering the, the ways that are working and then we're giving them a name. And, uh, and so if we look at the things that we've done over our career that have been successful, I think you're going to find, whether you're a waterfall guy or an agile guy, the things that were successful, you're going to find those terms and they'll fit on the work that you've done in the past. And you're going to say, oh, I did have a standup or, oh, you know what? We did have milestones and reporting, right? Yep. And so you'll be able to find that it's, it's always been and. Right. Well, you know, it's the, you have your meeting in the, in the morning before you go out to the job site, there's your standup at the end of the day, before you leave, you have a retrospective. What went well, what do we need to do tomorrow? Oh, look, sprint planning, right? You're doing iterations every single day. And it's like, if you don't, if you don't have that experience, you can't do the right. But if you do have that experience, all of a sudden, if you think about it just for a moment, it's amazing how you can go, oh, wow, right? One of the things I, I, I loved about learning Scrum, right, and learning the, the, the framework and the very rigid approach that Scrum has for Agile, right? It's got these 15-minute these, you know, stand-ups, two-week sprint. It's got, you know, these are the ceremonies you have to do. Is, as I said earlier, it's, I think these methodologies have been, we've discovered what works, and we do them organically. Naturally did a stand-up in construction without calling it a stand-up. Right. When, when we identify a structure and someone writes it down and shares it as a framework that says, look, guys, this is a thing that works and let's give it a name and let's, let's add some structure, is that you can then start to apply it systemically, which allows you to get consistent results for new projects. You're taking, it's like taking the lessons learned. In the waterfall, you had, we called it a post-mortem, right? We don't do that right. anymore. Now right. it's called a retro. Yeah. yeah. 
so you had that and then you took those lessons learned to your next project well sometimes those lessons learned don't get learned we, we learned them but we didn't bring them forward these frameworks allow us to actually apply hey we learned that a stand-up works so that we wrote that into the framework and now i can systemically apply it and whether i'm doing waterfall or not i find those methods that worked and i put them in a system that gives me consistent results for each new project no matter what the work is whether it's code development or building a data center right you know what's funny is is kind of going off of what dale just said around retrospectives i i was struggling a little bit with with getting more out of my team through our retros and and i was i was pondering on well how can i get a bit more conversation out of folks and i, I actually ended up going to the deming wheel which is the plan do study act uh yeah. we and I, and I actually put that in a retrospective so talk about borrowing all the way down the rabbit's tunnel i went all the way to a, a in my opinion a lean practice pulled that out and put it into a, a mural board and i'll tell you what brent i had one of the best retrospectives i ever had last sprint with this team and that's again that's just a tool I, I forgot i had in my tool bag that i pulled out and used and lo and behold it was very successful so you know it's the good artist borrow great artist steal so right. don't don't be sad about the fact that you did it you know yeah, yeah notice sure. notice that it's like here's the thing that works let's try that again yeah absolutely you know? somebody discovered something that was true so they discovered truth and 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 then and i'm very appreciative for that so much so that i went down the same path that they did and kind of made it my own a little bit right so um yeah yeah well and i think it's the thing that we as scrum masters or consultants or coaches it's like you know what's the thing that's going to work at this time and if you don't know if that does work or you find that it isn't working and if you can pivot to the next thing and that does work you just keep trying you keep iterating it's like all right let's find the next thing and if that doesn't work we find the next thing and it's like you keep trying and i think that's a key thing from agile specifically where we just we come in with the mindset of okay and we do and do and do and do until we find something that works the problem you run into is where you start to make it the that's the only thing that I do. And I'm guilty of that, right? It's mm -hmm. like, I have the retrospective that I like to use. Yes. And it's, eventually I, you know, every so often when I'm working with a team, I have to do the, oh wait, I can't do this. I got to do this one to, to throw a curveball at everybody, yeah. right? But in a waterfall setting, it is, you know, going all the way back to what we've been talking about. It is the, you find the thing that works and you do iterate you just don't call it an iteration right right like, right like you said talking about language anti-pattern breaking anti-patterns in both of these frameworks is huge right yep. and, and and becoming sedentary and like you said going with those cookie cutter types of approaches uh will eventually become stale for a team so you have to mix it up for not yep. just for the sake of the framework but for the sake of the success of the project and the teams the team's morale right so, uh, yeah so yeah. well and are you delivering Right. I mean, yeah, you can, it goes back to all the things like, are you delivering? Does is the customer happy with it? Is the team happy with it? Those three, three things are in alignment. Who cares how you do it? Exactly. Right. Absolutely. Right on. So I think we're almost at a place where we can go. I feel good. Is there anything else we wanted to cover to, uh, in this iteration or you think there's something we want to talk about as a future iteration? So I, I don't know that if how much time's left in our stand up here, but about two minutes. 
um, probably not enough time for this conversation. So maybe if you want to have us back for another episode, um, yeah. but the, but I'd, I'd love to talk about um, behaviors and methods from the two different approaches that, that both should be incorporating. Yeah. Behaviors and approaches. That is great. You know what? I think that's our next episode. Look at that. There's another tease. I'm just full of teases on this series. I can tell already. <laughs> behaviors and sorry, what was the what was the second part? Behaviors the, the and approaches and of the and approaches. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, guess what? That's what we're talking about next time. So that's the end of this iteration. I'm Brent. I'm Jim. I'm Dale. Until the next iteration, you can give us a rating at your podcast provider. Shoot us an email at info at faster than a standup.com or you can find us on Twitter at faster standup. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than a Stand-Up. 